to MCU Rewatch, your path to Avengers Endgame. I am your host, Mark Turcotte, and joining me for this episode, as always, Paris Lily. Paris, what's up, man? Doing good. Doing good. Excited to talk about Thor. I feel like this is the first movie where post Iron Man 2, obviously post Iron Man 2, but where we're starting to get the everything starting to align up to get to the Avengers. So yes. excited to talk about it. Yes, and of course, the man who rounds out our trio here, Swain. Swain, what's up, dude? Hi. I I was trying to think of what I could say clever at the top. Like, <laughs> I don't want to just, like, say hi every yeah. single time. But uh, I'm going to I'm gonna do a quick rating on what I think of the Thor gag reel. Oh, okay. And I'll give the gag reel from Thor uh, two out of five Thors. <laughs> No, two out of five Mjolnir's. There you go. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Well, as you can There's tell, better guys, ones out there. It's not this one. As you can tell, we are talking about Thor on this episode, so uh, we got you know some good things to talk about. I think with Thor, it's it's kind of one of those movies that some people some enjoy, but I think majority of people think it's maybe a little bit too serious, especially where Thor's character goes a little bit later on. All right, guys, we're going to try something new on this episode here because we haven't done this yet. We're going to go through and try and give just a brief overall plot for the, for the movie. And Swain, we're going to throw it to you and have you be the one to do that. So give us the plot for Thor. All right, you got this real quick. We're not going to let this play out here too much. Uh, <laughs> Thor is kind of a terrible person at the beginning. So he thinks that the attack on Asgard by the frost giants is not to go without repercussions so he and his friends fly to jodenheim he throws a big party big fit they all get in a fight and odin shows up and is basically like you're the worst i'm sending you to earth without your hammer hammer's gonna go though and maybe one day you'll be worthy you'll be able to have it again so he goes through the whole arc of, you know, not knowing if he's worthy enough. And then, you know, you see Hawkeye and eventually uh, you see Loki in the background just being Loki. And he's mm-hmm. he's not nice either. <laughs> <laughs> and basically at the end, uh, Loki gets his uh, comeuppance, yeah. some might say. Yep. And I think that's that's Thor. <laughs> pretty, pretty much That's pretty there's much some it. other stuff in there there's some deeper yeah, stuff that we'll dive into but yeah. Loki's bad Thor was bad he learns ah at the end he gets his hammer back yeah what do you think Paris what do you think of Thor man because I know this is the one movie that like everyone I talk to they're like it's just very I don't want to say Shakespearean, but like I think in a lot of people's minds, when you think back to it, you think of the moments when they're in Asgard, kind of of that. But rewatching it this time and seeing him when he's on Earth, I think I could really see glimpses of what we kind of see of Thor later on, you know, where they kind of started infusing that humor into him. I mean, some of those moments, man, when he first arrives at Earth are actually pretty funny now going back and watching it. Because I haven't watched this movie like many of the other ones in a long time, just because it's not one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it was a thing of Chris Hemsworth the, himself, the actor, 
was shining through, especially in a lot of the Earth scenes. Because, yeah, the, a lot of stuff in Asgard, they were all very uptight. Yes. <laughs> that, that was the yep. thing that I, I took away from it. Everything was very uptight. Like you said, it was very Shakespearean, very serious. Once they got to Earth, he was able to kind of let loose a little more. And some of his comedic timing really started, you know, just little glimpses of it started to shine through. And obviously, we really got to see a lot more of that, you know, as the MCU progresses on and culminated with Thor Ragnarok. But um, I, it, it's funny, like I've actually watched Thor a few times um, over the past few years. So, so it was still very fresh in my mind, even for this. And um, I really didn't like it at first when it first came out. It was just me, a necessary evil to get to the Avengers. That's how I viewed it. Right. <laughs> but kind of going back and watching it because I was never a Thor fan growing up as a kid, the comics, any of that stuff. Yeah. But um, going back and watching it the past couple of years, I definitely have a new appreciation for it. Um, like you said, especially when he's on Earth, um, it's more of a Thor was an arrogant prick. I think that's the best way to to describe him when we first meet Thor. He was highly arrogant, you know, very full of himself, mm -hmm. felt that him becoming king of Asgard was basically his birthright. It was a given that it was going to happen and he needed to be humbled. And ironically enough, it was his scheming, you know, brother Loki, which helped him to get to that place. But the Earth stuff with him actually being humbled and having to realize that he needed to care about people and he needed to, if necessary, sacrifice himself for the greater good mm -hmm. showed that he actually did deserve to one day become king of Asgard. So when you look at it in that lens, not that bad. Not yeah. that bad of a movie at all. Yeah. yeah what do you I, think, Twain? I, I have one big complaint with Thor and it can be really, it can summed up very quickly. Uh, it's his damn blonde eyebrows. Yeah. yeah it's eyebrows. You said the eyebrows were horrible. Why did they dye his eyebrows? Yeah. Is uh, he like that in the comics? Maybe that was just like a old comic uh, trope that just needed to be in there, you know? Cause you know how like everybody looks at Spider-Man's suit? Like what suit is he wearing? Maybe it was like, what color are Thor's eyebrows? Like they just needed to make sure his eyebrows are right. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, that was a big mistake on my part. But uh, I I personally love Viking imagery, Thor, the whole thing. Um, and I really, really liked the um, explanations that Thor gives um, for science being like the blurry line between science yes, and magic. And magic. And like yep. how like that line is huge in his realm. It's kind of a little bit of both. And uh, he does like the drawing of like the tree. Mm -hmm. to show like where the the different parts of the like the nine realms are. Yep. And uh that was like something you don't get much of and it really builds on the universe that they already have. So it was like oh, it's not just Earth anymore in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's so much more than that. Maybe we'll get to see all of that at, yeah. at one point. Who knows? And it's really it really expanded on what they were building. Like you said, it's it's so much more. It le it paves the road towards something bigger, like Thanos eventually, and the Guardians of the Galaxy. Who like back then, no one would have thought that would ever ever work. happen, right? No. Yeah. Like, well, no. well, that's ever. what that's what I think. This movie, going back and watching it, and I think this is where a lot of people got hung up and maybe didn't like the movie as much, especially initially, is because. It was really the first, like, fantastical superhero movie we've had. If you think about it, even prior to this, Batman, 
I, I guess Superman to some extent, but then, you know, of course, Spider-Man, all of that, they're grounded on Earth. It's heroes who come to Earth and they're battling on Earth. We never really got into other realms per se or really off into space outside of like a star wars if you want to consider that so i think like a lot of people when they came to this they're just like i thought this was a superhero movie why are we in the, this fantastical realm and now you think about it flash forward to where we were with infinity war i mean could you ever imagine a movie where you're jumping from earth to you know all these locations around the galaxy but it all just made sense because everybody now has been along for the ride and i think thor really kind of set that stone to say hey these stories it's way bigger than you thought it was. You know, this isn't just on Earth. This is all over the place. And so I think that was because I even think for me, that was one of my first hurdles going into Thor because I was like you, Paris. I wasn't a huge Thor guy. I mean, Thor was just one of those characters in the books. that was like, ah, well, he's there. He's part of the Avengers, which I think I've admitted it before. I wasn't even a big Avengers fan. So to even go and read a Thor book was was not even in my realm of thinking. Um, so this movie, just like you, was kind of I had to be on the path to get to Avengers. But I think seeing it in this fantastical realm and now going back, I definitely appreciate this movie much more, I think, um, now than I did back then. Um, and, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with, again, we're, we're here we are in 2019 and we've gone through this entire version of the MCU that we now understand how the world works exactly. and we understand what the nine realms are. We yep. understand who Odin is, Loki's place, Heimdall. We, we get all the key characters so that when you look at it now in its origin, you, you have a better appreciation for all those characters and what they were trying to do at the time. Definitely. Yep. I think one of the best things to come away from this movie, uh, well, I mean, we've talked about it before, is the casting. I mean, the casting they do is always top-notch. But, I mean, Tom Hiddleston as Loki is... I mean, can that guy ever play any other role and not be Loki? Like, he just is, he is that character. And obviously, it carries through through all the movies moving forward. And, I mean, just seeing him here in those early days. I mean, you know, in the beginning, you can just tell just when you look at him. You know he is a shady, shady character. Oh, I just, yeah. I oh, love yeah. him as Loki. Uh, and he's great. It shines in this movie as well, too. Great. Well, that's kind of the thing with with Hiddleston. Um, sorry, Swain, I think you're about to say something, but just real quick, uh, he actually auditioned to be Thor. <laughs> originally, crazy. he was going to be Thor. You know, yeah. I'm sure he would have had to bulk up and everything, obviously. Yeah, of course, but yeah. uh, but you know, he's he's the first real villain of the MCU. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. he's the first one that we actually could identify with and became that anti-hero that we could root for, you know, as it, we move down the road. And then obviously we, we see the sacrifice he makes in Infinity War. I mean, he's had a complete story arc as a villain to to somewhat of a redemption throughout the MCU so far. And and look, we know this isn't the end of Loki. Loki's going to come back again <laughs> somehow, you know, yeah. so that, that's what makes him so great. They really do hit it out of the park with Loki as like a villain. And I'm so happy that he made it to be the villain of the Avengers yeah. because he goes through so much and like, he's not just a villain to like the heroes. He's a villain to the villains too. Yeah. So he like does that heel turn on the frost giants when they show up just yeah. to play like he like, Oh, he's defending Odin at this point. Yeah. So it's like, He's he's a complicated dude. Yeah. He's 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 not just uh, you know the god of mischief. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. I mean, he does that heel turn because he's trying to still get Odin's love, right? I mean, isn't that ultimately yep. why he does it? He's like, hey, I'm gonna you know kind of set this up, and then I'm gonna kill what's his name, Lofi? Is that the, Luffy, the Frost yeah. Giant's name? 
kill him to then basically say to Odin, hey, I killed him. Look what I did. I'm the one who should be the, the heir. Um, he's always just playing those games, and I think that they it definitely comes across um, in the film for sure. Um, what do you guys think of uh, Natalie Portman's role in, uh, in the film as Jane? I, it was so hard for me not to get it out of my head that I just watched Annihilation the other night, oh, which nice. is it's like a whole other thing. And it's like now that I'm back in this, I'm like, oh, she is. Uh, she's she's a really good actor, and uh, oh, yeah, I really is. liked her as Jane Austen. She adds a little something, but it's one of those. I think it was one of those reaches where. They probably would have loved to have her in more movies in the future, but she really was a little bit of uh, a little bit inaccessible. Yeah, so probably a little bit a out lot. of the pay. Yeah, the pay. <laughs> the pay. <laughs> so. Yep. But I love where we were talking like the scenes on Earth, and like one of my favorite ones is whether was he drinking coffee or something? And he was like, "This is fantastic," Another. and he just like yeah. smashed yes. the glass. Another. Down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a lot of great stuff uh, on that whole Earth sequence with yeah. like uh, Coulson and Thor breaking into the compound and yeah. like really just tearing through all of the the shield agents just to get to the hammer and like Hawkeye's up in the perch and he's like I'm just gonna let him I'm gonna, I'm gonna let him try we're gonna see what what's going on here he's like he's he's tore through all of your guys uh, Coulson we're gonna we're just gonna let this play out. Um, but one of my favorite scenes is like when he gets drunk in the bar with <laughs> Eric. Yep. Oh, it's so good. Just keeps drinking, drinking. Yep. Uh, what do you think of, I guess, him? Let's talk about him, Eric Selvig. Kind of his character. I mean, that's perfect casting I, as well, too, right? I, yeah, and I think when, when you look at him in this movie, you don't realize how significant he's going to be to the overall MCU yes. as we move forward. And look, yep. I still think he plays a role when we get to Endgame, you know, as an example. So, yeah, he he's actually a very important character in MCU. And like you mentioned, the, the scene right now when, when they got drunk together, he he's that absentee father figure for Thor, you know, outside of Odin. He's the one that he kind of goes to for advice or when he needs help or someone to talk to, which which we see as as we move forward through the MCU. So, yeah, yeah, great character. And like you said, again, all the casting in, in this movie overall was fantastic. And I, how do you say his name? Stellan Sarsgaard? Sarsgaard. Yeah, I can never say it right. But, yeah, yeah fantastic. He's in, great actor. In two out of uh, three Avengers movies. So. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. He, you know who his kids are? His kids are the, the guy that played Pennywise in It. And then the other one is Eric from True Blood, the yep. big vampire. Yeah, Eric from True Blood. Yep. You can see it in, in his face, definitely. But And I think even, I mean, Skarsgård is a Norse, isn't he? Yeah, it yeah, is. Which is awesome. So it's like when, when you read that, it's like, man, just perfect casting for this guy. It's great. Um, let's talk about when the uh, Destroyer comes to Earth and you kind of have, this kind of where... Thor, because at this point, when that happens in the movie, he obviously has tried at this point to pick up Mjolnir when he broke into the S.H.I.E.L.D. base, wasn't able to do it, um, kind of realizes, well, he doesn't realize it, but he sacrifices himself, and that ultimately is what makes him, um, what do they be say? Be worthy now. Be worthy, yeah, yes, worthy. he's worthy now, uh, to be able to to do it. What do you just think of that scene, I think, when the Destroyer comes? And just I, I thought I thought it was actually great. It it holds up reasonably well it does you right? know till till the day it's not not that bad yeah I, I dug it i thought it was pretty good i think i i just don't really like i don't really like thor's uh like first costume like the whole setup doesn't yeah. really like it it's a little much for me and like when it all appears on him when he like gets the hammer it's a little bit like 
<laughs> I, I I don't know. It, it's not for me. But uh, him fighting it, it's pretty. He makes pretty quick work of it. Yeah. yeah once he has that as his hammer back. Um, yeah, and it's the destroyers. I felt. I don't know. I wish it was used more because it's so cool. Yeah, I, I think that's the whole thing with this movie because ultimately it, it kind of was like an origin movie. You know, I mean, it, when you have that yeah. problem with these movies. You have to spend the first hour or whatever it is kind of setting yep. them up. And of course, everybody just wants to see Thor, but you know you're only going to see him just a few times. Oh, so You get to see Thor without a shirt. Oh, and that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the no. first The first, first instance, and then that sets the tone for pretty much every other Marvel movie going forward. There's the moment that the guy... Whoever's playing the superhero has spent months working out so, yeah. and then doing like 100 push-ups right before the scene just <laughs> to do the shirt. Like, oh, I'm with my shirt on real quick. Yep. I think it'll be on the cover of Men's Journal or whatever the, the magazine oh, is yeah. for that month yeah. when the movie comes out, right? Got lots of perks. Yep. Got lots of perks to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, where's our man Stan Lee in this movie? He's trying to get the Mjolnir hammer out of the yeah. uh, look at the crater in the ground there and Basically that was rips a fun, off that was the a back of his truck. Sequence, yeah, watching good. all these people try. Yep. <laughs> and then I wonder what Coulson must have just came in there. Was just like they, I think he did say like clear these people out. They must have just forced everybody around. Everybody seemed cool with it. Like they're when they're back at the diner, nobody is like really concerned that hey, there's this secret government <laughs> yeah, agency out there that pushed us all out and put this top yeah. secret base out there. That's nah, fine. Let's go have some coffee at the diner. Like what? I think people would be well. Well, let's out let's that. also not forget. This was our first introduction to Hawkeye in the MCU. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's 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 perched he's perched up watching over like he like he could what was it he was he could have taken the shot on Thor when Thor's kind of freaking out and he was right he's there ready to go. Yeah, yeah, that Thor's running running amok. Yeah, hmm. you think he could have been utilized a little bit more? I mean, I think the way the story plays out, he really couldn't, right? I mean, he could have probably showed up. I would, I would think that he was probably was there, but... at the Thor set. And just kind of, he may have been working on um, some like Avengers stuff at that point. Yeah, yeah. that's um, if if my memory serves me correct, I don't have it in front of me. That's what it was because Josh Whedon actually is the one that shot the after credit scene, and he's the one that shot that scene where they basically just added Hawkeye in to the movie. That ah. wasn't an original part of the movie because at that point they were already starting to work on the Avengers, so that's why they added him in. Ah, that makes sense. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, it's not. The, it, this came out in 2011, and it was 2012 that uh, Avengers came out, right? Yep, yep, yep. 2012. Yep. Yep. Uh, what do you guys think here? Before we talk about the post-credit scene, I guess at the very end of the credits, this is the first time we see the little blip that comes up, and it just says, "You'll see Thor again in the Avengers," or does it yeah. say something like that? Like Thor will return. Thor in the will Avengers. return yeah, in Thor Avengers. Return. Yep. It's crazy. I mean, we get that at the end of Captain America too. Um, but what do you think of the post credit scene? I mean, this is a, it's a big scene. Of course, you see Eric uh, being brought into the facility, Nick Fury opening the briefcase with the little cube inside, and he says uh, you know, that it has untold power. And then you see Loki kind of whispering in Eric's ear. And um, basically agrees. I've always I've always been confused by this one because I do believe this is the only post credit scene that actually doesn't fit into the continuity of what we see that comes after because that's not how it plays out in the Avengers. Selvig, once Loki actually, you know, comes in and they destroy, what is that, the, whatever that base was, 
he uses basically now that we know the mind gem, the staff to take over Selvig's mind. Mm -hmm. But in the after credit scene, he had already done. He already so. has it. Yeah. You, you know yeah. what I mean? So, so it, it didn't actually match up to, to what the actual continuity was of the movie. Mm. So I, I would love, I would love to know the trivia behind that. I would, I would put it like this. If I had to guess an explanation, I would expl explain it like, uh, while well, Loki at this point was, uh, considered dead. And I would say maybe he's using Eric to locate the, the other stone at, at that point. And maybe not like like inhabiting him and being in his mind, but like maybe something else using the mind stone where he can see into people's minds but not control them. Who knows? Um, and it's probably a way for him to locate where the physical like tesseract is. It's like, oh, that's that's a uh, that's worth a look. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I think that was definitely a very interesting post credit scene because I think everybody knew there was no way Loki could be dead. And then, I mean, yeah. just to show him there at the end, you knew it was kind of the lead up. Even even just inferring that he was then going to be in the Avengers, I think, even kind of seeing him there. So, all right. Well, anything else you guys that we skipped or haven't talked about yet here for Thor? Well, I mean, the only other thing I would say, because, you know, we didn't really touch on Heimdall or anything like yeah, that. No, or even, Od oh, even Odin himself. But... Kind of when you watch it, I mean, they were kind of just background bit, not bit players, but they were mostly background players. Other than at the beginning, I felt like um, Odin had a great presence, obviously. Like, oh, I love the scene where he banishes Thor because, you know, because don't forget, Odin had to come in and rescue him. Yeah. You know, from from the from the frost giants in the first place. And then when he basically bans him, yep. you know, and, and the hammer Popping and all that, actually off his uh, chest piece yeah. and all that. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty cool scene. Which, which, which I'll say, and I know we'll probably talk more about just Thor and Odin's relationship as as we move through all this. Um, it, it it's interesting. Like I almost would love to get more backstory on Odin because because Odin has this entire other life that yeah, he lived millennia. Of, yeah, that of. we never got to know about. Like he obviously is very aware of the Infinity Stones. I mean, there's even this, the speculation that he actually tried to collect them all at one point. We obviously get the Easter egg in Thor of the Infinity Gauntlet mm -hmm. in 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 his uh you know in his vault room or whatever you want to call it. So there's a lot of Odin story that that never really gets explained that I wish they would have explored. But overall, like like I said, I, I, I thought Thor was all right, especially when you watch it knowing what comes after it. I definitely if, had a greater appreciation for it. If yeah. Thor came out now, uh, they'd probably take a bigger risk and show yeah. more of that. Oh, definitely. Instead yeah. of doing a, like a, a thorough origin story and hoping that you can uh, catch up, like the viewer can catch up with what who Thor is, What's Asgard like? They they didn't want to throw too much at someone because then it gets confusing. But nowadays they're just like, eh, we're gonna throw you right in. You know what's going on? No yep. biggie. So I will say right now in the comics, the Avengers book, the the I think they just call it like the Mighty Avengers or whatever it's called. Um, there is the first few issues. There is a lot of Odin story going on in that because they they basically are saying that the Avengers have kind of always existed. So thousands of years ago, there was a group just like the Avengers and like Odin was one of those, you know, mm -hmm. way back then, basically fighting for the Infinity Stones and that. So okay. they play it. So who knows if that if that storyline kind of carries through, that could be something, you know, five, ten years from now, we could get an Odin movie, you know, if they if that becomes popular enough that they kind of push forward with that. Who knows? 
Um, well, one other thing that I, I still watching it again, it just kind of is weird to me. The, just the idea of Odin sleep. Like what? What happens to Odin? Like it's just kind of <laughs> like it's just heartbroken. Guys gotta he take a nap. Sleep and like he's just, been working so hard. I it's just a weird thing. I'm like, what, what happens? Like he just falls over. Like I just don't get it. And even watching it back, it's it's weird. But I don't know. I kind of wish they explained a little bit more as to what's going on there. But I guess for some reason they just had to take him out of the movie and give him a reason to be bedridden. So that's kind of what they did. <laughs> But uh, all right. Well, I think that's going to be it for Thor. Uh, any final thoughts or anything? You, I know Paris, you kind of gave a comment. Swain, anything else? You want to talk about Thor? Nope. Uh, this, the, the movie as a whole, three out of five Mjolnirs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, I think, three out of five watching it back. I, like I said, I, when I originally saw it, it was just I was like, man, this movie is just not for me. Uh, but watching it back now, knowing where the, everything goes. And like I said, I think originally when I watched it, it was because it was so fantastical that it was just like, what? I, this, this, I was never a Thor guy, and it just was like, I don't even want any part of this. But as his character develops through the rest of the MCU, now going back, definitely enjoyed it a lot more. Three out of five in my book, too, for sure. Paris, what do you give it out of five, man? I give it a three out of five. Three out of five. All right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this episode, everyone. You know, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at MCU Rewatch. You can email us, mcurewatch at gmail.com. And uh, however you're tuning in, wherever you're listening, please leave us a review. And, uh, you know, that helps move us up the ranks and spread the word about the MCU Rewatch. Because, of course, the movies are coming up soon. Uh, Captain furious. Marvel as well as Endgame. So... We're going to be jumping into those, of course, when they come out. So, everybody, thank you, as always, for making us a part of your week, however you're tuning in. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Later. Bye.